Hey everyone, this is Scott McKay, and in about 45 seconds, we're going to dive headlong into episode number 37 of X and Y on the Fly, which is all about the differences between dating when you're younger and older. But before we do that, I want to give you one last shot at getting your hands on that special unpublished episode of X and Y on the Fly that we have for you just to say thanks for listening to the show. Some of you have been listening from the very beginning, and we really appreciate it. To get your hands on that, go to www.deservewhatyouwant.com, which is our main website. If you're already subscribed to our newsletter, simply enter the email address you're already subscribed with. And if you're not on our newsletter, well, you should be. So subscribe to it and get your hands on the Junior Cast. And now, on to episode number 37. Enjoy the show. Live from the mysterious, mist-enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters, you're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast, with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hey out there, this is Scott McKay. And this is Emily McKay. And you are tuned in to X and Y on the Fly, number 37. All right. Now, we're going to do something completely different today. That's right. We're going to talk about the differences in dating when you're younger versus dating when you're older. Now, if you're a young person listening to this show, you're probably going to go, well, what's in it for me, right? Right. But if you're an older person who is listening to this show, you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, I'm dating again. How in the world am I supposed to relearn this whole process? Yeah. How am I going to get out there? Things have changed. That's right. Or at least you think things have changed. We may find out things haven't changed all that much, but I don't want to give away too much too quickly. Right. Then again, a lot may have changed. Right. That's why we're going to have this show, and that's why we're going to hash it out. But listen, if you're a young person, you know what? You may find yourself dating for longer than you thought you would date. Hopefully not. Well, Unless that's not. what you want. Unless that's what you want, right? If you want to be sarging for the rest of your life and filling your life full of beautiful women until you're in your 50s or 60s, then, you know, have at it. Right. But... I think this is good 2020 foresight no matter what age you are, younger or older, to know this stuff, know the nuances of the differences between dating when you're younger and older. So you can file that all away. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of folks who are younger could really benefit from figuring out what it's like to date when you're older because I think that a lot of wisdom is to be found there and it makes dating when you're younger easier. Easier and more informed. Oh, yeah. You yeah. can avoid so many pitfalls this way. Yeah, that's right. So let's dig right into it. All right. Okay, so when you're younger, you start dating. The first thing that comes to mind to me, Emily, is you're in this pre-designed social environment called school. I know, and it's so awesome because some people may not realize what an advantage that really is. Especially when you're that age and you're in the midst of it. Right. It's exciting because you have so many options available to you. Right. Let's say you're not being homeschooled. Because okay. that's a very small percentage, okay? And let's say you're not in this tiny Amish school where you have four people being taught by one teacher between the ages of 6 and 18. Right. Chances are, if you live in a normal suburban area or an urban area, you're going to go to school and probably have at least 100, 200, maybe 1,000, 2,000 kids in that school with you, all the same age. <laughs> Unlike my sister-in-law, class of one person. Are you serious? She was her only graduating class. So she was valedictorian. Yes. Sweet. 
<laughs> but she was a dateless valedictorian. She was. Yeah. I've never heard that story. You're going to have to tell me about that. But that's hilarious. <laughs> what was the town? Like 10 people? Uh, something like that. How do you run a school with one graduating person? Well, everybody goes to one school. Well, I mean, was there one kid in every class? Like a kindergartner or a first grader? Maybe a couple second graders? Yeah. No third graders? Something like that. I, I didn't get the details. I just know that she was the only kid in her 12th grade class and that she graduated. My gosh. Either the teacher-student ratio was ridiculous, <laughs> like personal tutors for every kid, right? Right. Or you have this teacher, and the only analogy I can think of is the plate spinning in the circus. Right. You know, you have this little kindergartner who doesn't even know how to read yet and just threw up or something. And meanwhile, you have this 12th grader who needs, you know, to learn the latest Calculus. German Boar lesson or something. Right. That's just That's just unthinkable. Well, I can't imagine being there and not being able to have access to a boyfriend. What, you needed a boyfriend when you were younger? No, but it sure does make going to school so much nicer. <laughs> yeah, when he picks you up and buys you stuff and acts like Mr. Nice Guy, like so many high school kids do. Well, see, all this relates back to what I'm talking about. Right. When you're younger, you have this social group. Typically now, you have a group of people that you can relate to. This will never happen again in your entire life after you graduate from college. Not likely. No. Having so many people exactly your age so close to you. To relate with. Yeah, exactly. Now, assuming you have social skill, this can be kind of nice, right? If you're a girl and you take good care of yourself or whatever, you'll have some guys talk to you, although so many guys are just so afraid of the girls. Right. So it's almost like the prettier you are, the less likely you are to be talked to or asked out. So you've got all these teenagers running around with all of this frustration, right? All this angst because they have so many other kids around them. And right. the girls want to be talked to by the guys, but the guys don't have enough gumption to talk to the girls or they act like Mr. Nice Guy or they don't get it in general. It's really kind of ironic, see? So when you're younger, even though you have all these people around you, it's just usually the case that you just don't have the wherewithal to take advantage of that good situation. Right. The skills haven't been sharpened just yet. Yeah, exactly. Life's so backwards, isn't it? It is. So then you get older and you have all these people skills, we hope. Right. We hope you haven't gotten bitter and jaded. That's a subject of another podcast. Exactly. Or maybe not. <laughs> but <laughs> in either case, podcast. you get older and you have all these wonderful skills that you've acquired over the years. And now the resources are not quite as plentiful. Right. Exactly. So going back to high school for a second. Positive. You've got all these kids there. Right. If you've got social skills, if you're precocious in that regard, you can collect basically all the women if you're a guy. If right. you're a girl and you're easy to get to know, then you have guys wanting to be friends with you and then maybe something more. Right. And even after school lets out, you have all these social interactions going on. You have sports. You have activities that you can do together. It's all right there for you if only you take it. I know. All that wonderful positive energy. Yeah, right. When you get older and you come home from work, you probably don't want to jump right out and date. No, and I've heard so many women tell me that. Well, after I get off work, I'm tired and I don't feel like going out. Well, yeah. I That's mean, I wouldn't say that everybody's in that position. Oh, no, no, no. And you know, if not. you're eating right and you're getting some rest, which of course goes right out the window when you have a wildly successful dating life, both of those things. But assuming that you can keep your life in order and you're going to the gym and staying in shape physically, then you don't necessarily have the energy issue like some other people when you get older. But I tell you what, when you're younger... It's definitely, you know, you can stay out all night. Right. It's no not problem. an issue. Right. It's just not an issue. That's yet another plus of dating when you're younger. Right. So what do you think happens when you're older that's positive? 
Well, lots of things. You finally got, as we mentioned earlier, the people skills to know how to interact. Right. Sometimes some people have the ability to even discern when someone likes them and how to ask them out. Yes, or they have grown into habits over the years where stuff's just like it was when they were younger, only they've had more time to feel bad about it or they've had more time for it to become kind of something where they're set in their ways with that bad habit. Like I get letters all the time from guys who just can't talk to a woman because they were afraid to talk to women when they were 14 and now they're 35 and they're still afraid to talk to women. That's funny. I just talked to my son about that very subject. Really? Yeah. He's not even 14 yet. He's not 14 yet. So what did you tell him? I noticed that the 12-year-old kids, the boys Uh all sat by themselves and the girls sat at a different table all by themselves. Like at lunch. We're talking about like a huge, long table filled with dozens and dozens and dozens of girls by themselves. <laughs> right. And boys, same situation. They didn't right. want to talk. They're afraid of each other. Yeah, by 12, you know, they, they should be starting to interact a little bit. No, not at all. Not at all? No. Not even some kids who well, say, hey, wait a minute. there was another section, a small section, where they were. Let me tell you something. If you're a seventh grade boy and you've got this stuff figured out, it's like online dating when you figure out how to do online dating. You just go visit the table with all the girls. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get all the women. You're going to have them all because 98.9% of all kids in seventh grade are clueless. It's just like online dating. I'm telling you. And you know what I'm thinking? What's that? I'm thinking that online dating is the darn closest approximation of being back in school with that one big social setting right. that you're ever going to see when you're older. Yes, which, you know, the great thing about being older in today's society yeah. is that there are tools, like you just said, there are tools nowadays to help make that possible. Right, exactly. So you get online and it's, you know, I don't know whether you're listening and you're online or not, but you should be. And you know that Emily and I both are into online dating. We love it. So really, honestly, and I mean, this wasn't scripted into the show. I'm just now realizing this. When you're younger and you have all those people in front of you, you have this whole group of kids Right there before your very eyes. Yeah, that's not going to happen in a real-life social setting much anymore. Unless you work at, like, I'm 35 years old incorporated, and everybody there who works there is 35 years old or something, but that's a silly thought. Right. It ain't happening. So you get online, and you can search by age. And assuming you're in a decent-sized metro area, bigger than, say, I don't know, Killeen, Texas, or Yuma, Arizona, right? You've got literally... A hundred or so or more people your own age, motos, members of the opposite sex that you can go talk to. Yeah. And the other parallel is almost every person on there is clueless when it comes to how to relate and how to operate within that social environment. Well, you know, do you remember I went on the dating sites and I was curious to see how many people who were older were on that dating site. I started out first looking for 90 years and older. Right. Understanding that there probably wouldn't be any. Yeah. And you get this chick who's like. 22 and she put 92 <laughs> by mistake right and she's wondering why nobody's writing her right. yeah hilarious All right. then i moved down to 80 and then down to 70 but what's interesting at 70 years of age and up there were actually pages of people on there right men and women and i was reading their profiles and it was amazing how wonderfully written they are yes and they don't play games with each other right yeah now, life's too short for that and they know it which brings <laughs> me to a point that just dawned on me right now if Uh you want to know how to write a profile wonderfully look at their profiles and see what's different about yours and theirs because they actually have that figured out yeah but they also write kind of archaically like the guys are saying things like why then in their profile (laughs) why then why don't you contact me you know 
uh, yeah, notwithstanding the, <laughs> the stuff gap that, in uh, generations right. there. Stuff that people you haven't said since 1961, you know, you'll find in their <laughs> profiles. Of course, you know, they're just, the women are reading this with little hearts popping over their heads. Cause, you but know. what's interesting is the men are real <laughs> men on there, and the women oh, yeah. act like women. That's true. Go figure. Masculine and feminine, something we've lost like in the last 20, 30 years. Yes, but the men do a great job displaying it. Right, and you know, it's funny you should mention that because as you get older online and you drop all the games and stuff, people do just write each other. You know, we have heard this story before from people who, well, you know, the classic story. Woman writes us, I'm 67 years old, nobody's ever going to write to me online, like that lady in Australia we know, right, who's got your click with him program. Well, you know, she's going to get online, she's going to put her profile up there, and she's going to have all these guys writing to her. Yeah. That's right. And they're not going to be any games played. Mm -mm. They're a lot more straightforward about what they want and don't want. Right. But when you get down to it, people who are 30, 40 years old online, right? Then that's another story. You got guys with their shirts off, and we got this one where the lady was in Wisconsin, and she goes, I don't think you really understand. I have no guys to choose from here online. And we went and we looked up, and no kidding. And she had big fat guys with their faces painted like, you know, Green Bay Packers going rah at the camera <laughs> like it's going to attract women. Did I show you that profile? I didn't see that. Oh, yeah. We, we may have to review that one on Online Dating Profile Red just because it would just be hilariously out of control. That would be perfect for like a meet your buddy site or meet a buddy site if you want a guy friend. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Guys have no idea. They, they talk to women like it's a bunch of guys they're talking to. Right. You know, I'm a Green Bay Packers fan, and I drive a truck, and I eat cigars. You know, that's what this guy probably said in his profile. Matter of fact, I took that one profile and actually sent it to a friend of mine. I said, this is one. I finally found it. Here's a guy who did everything wrong. Everything. There's nothing right about this profile. (laughs) I have to see that. Right. But, you know, it totally reminds me of seventh graders trying to fumble over asking girls out. Aw. It's true. It is so like seventh grade all over again online. And I'm telling you guys. If you can learn how to succeed online, if you can get the hang of it, and you can learn what it is that women respond to online, you will literally dominate your metro area. You'll own your market. And of course, we talk all about that in my program. And you talk about your version of it for the women and click with him. Right. And I mean, the truth is what it is. Most people haven't an earthly idea how to write a profile, how to write an email to someone that's going to get their attention. Right. It's just like being totally clueless in seventh grade again. You know, some of these kids all through high school, they don't know how to relate to the opposite sex. If you go back through the file cards of your memory and you go back into high school, you're going to realize that 10% or fewer of the kids in your high school were the ones who were dating regularly. That sounds about right. You know, there's always these kids who are middle of the road and they find a boyfriend to latch on to. The girl just, you know, is making out with him in the hallways for four years, right? But in terms of people having what I would term a healthy dating life in high school, 10% is a high number, I think. Right. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, right. So really, you get older and you say to yourself, well, here I am either still dating or dating again, right? Right. You may be divorced, 32, 35 years old. 40 years old, 45 years old, older, and you go, what am I going to do? I have no idea how to date. You get online and you just go, uh, hi, I'm really a nice guy, and I got a really good job. Want to see my cool car? And women are rolling their eyes going, oh, my God. Meanwhile, the women who are rolling their eyes have profiles that say, I'll try anything once. 
Not realizing that. <laughs> not realizing what they're going to get in return when they say that. And saying, I don't like to play games. And, you know, I love to buy shoes and spend all your money. And you better, you know, scaring guys away by the truckload. Right. It's like to find a needle in a haystack online. You have to have a lighter so you can burn down all the hay so that the only thing left are the needles. Right. Yeah, or you have really keen instincts. Right. Exactly. So I'll tell you what. I don't want to talk all gloom and doom, okay? There are absolute advantages to being older. Absolutely. Dating. Lots of advantages. Yeah. First of all, you make your own rules. Oh, yeah. You don't have to come home by 10 o'clock. No. I mean, this is the great thing about college, right? If you're in college and you go away to college, yeah, well, you kind of have that environment. But, you know, you can also fail out of college if you let things get out of control. Well, it can also be restricted by budget, too. Oh, yeah. When you're younger, you have no money. Right. Then it's time to come home. We hope that when you're older, I don't know, the divorce may have caused you to give all your money to the lawyers. I don't know if you're dating after a divorce. But it's going to be assumed for the purposes of this podcast that you're going to have more money rattling around than you did when you were 16, when you are 35. Exactly. Yeah. So you can make your own budget, if nothing else, and you can make your own schedule. You can stay out just a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But then again, if you're a single parent, all of that just went out the window. Right, because then you have kids and all the good stuff that goes with that. Right. You have responsibilities you didn't have when you were younger that can limit your dating life severely. Right. Yeah, and then you could have kids who are of the age of reason and know what's going on when mommy or daddy's dating. Yeah. Then you have to explain that. That comes with its own little bag of... Uh, Complexities. Exactly. No. no question. So ultimately, we've already covered a lot of things, I think, that are really different between dating when you're younger and you're older. Right. They both have advantages. They both have disadvantages. It's just what you decide to do with that. Right. Yeah, I think there's an overarching theme here we need to discuss, and that's whether you're younger or older, you can make excuses. Oh, yeah, anybody can do that. Right. You can find things that you're going to decide are going to keep you from dating. Yeah. I'm too old. No one's going to want me. Or when you're young, you can use the excuse that I have too many responsibilities, so therefore I'm going to wait when I'm older to date. You have too many responsibilities when you're young? Yeah. Huh, like, you just wait till you're older. You'll have even more responsibilities. <laughs> you know, work, school, kids, whatever the case might be. All right. So, like, you're talking about not someone who's, like, 14 or 15. You're talking about someone who's, like, just out of college. And, yes. Man, you know how tough it is to date when you're just out of college? I hear this all the time. You get these emails, too. Yeah. You have spent your whole life, your whole adolescent life in school mm -hmm. with all these kids around you your same age. Right. With some dating outlets here and there. Exactly. Then you go to college, which is a bonanza. Mm-hmm. Right? Unless you go to, like, Amish college or something. Right? Which we already talked about. <laughs> then you get out of college, you go get a job, and you don't have that anymore. No, the rug's been pulled from under your feet. Oh, man, I remember this. My first year or so out of college, I was like, where did everybody go? You know, you go to the gym, and it's like, oh, my gosh, there's a girl. And I worked in a job where I worked, ironically enough, with high school kids all day long. So I had very few people my own age to even think about dating. Right. It wasn't like I went to the workplace and worked in this big office building and saw all the hotties on the elevator on the way up. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen that way. And, you know, it's a real emotional letdown to get out of college and go, I'm still single. Maybe I was supposed to find my husband or wife in college and it just didn't happen. Or maybe I had too much fun in college and now I'm in the real world and I'm a little bit more mature already. I'm starting to feel like an adult. I finally learned how to call people by their first name instead of Mr. Smith or Miss Jones, right? That's a battle for a lot of people, 22, 23. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's really kind of lonely. I would imagine so. 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's when you have to say to yourself, okay, I'm 22, 23 years old. I'm on my own. I've got to go build a social circle. And what are you going to do? No wonder people go and hang out at bars and clubs because that's the closest approximation you're going to find of having a bunch of people with your same mindset and maybe close to your age. Exactly. But it's a bar. It's a club. It's going to be loud. You know, people are going to be under the influence of alcohol. But yeah, that's why a lot of people who just get out of college in their early mid-20s gravitate to that situation. By the natural order of things. Yeah. So I would say, you know, that could be arguably one of the toughest times in your entire life to date. And, you know, as you get through 25, 28 years old and you still haven't found the one person for you, if that's your goal, you can start getting that, oh, my gosh, I have a physiological clock ticking here, which Mm -hmm. both men and women can feel, by the way. Right. And then you just start becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy of saying, oh, my gosh, dating is just so difficult. I'm getting so frustrated latching onto the wrong people and getting into that situation where you start settling. Right. And that's hard to overcome. And see, usually around 28 to 30, and you know, again, I don't care what gender you are. More guys feel this way than are going to admit. You start saying, you know, most of my friends are married. I've been to a lot of weddings. They've lately. started their families. They've started their families. And is this ever going to happen for me? Because you know, I've dated some people and it's kind of gone around and around, but I still haven't found the right one. And it can start becoming a, a self-fulfilling prophecy that it starts becoming miserable. And this isn't any fun anymore. And am I ever going to find the person? Maybe I won't. And all those negative feelings start settling in. Yeah, where it starts to feel more like a job to date versus having a recreation. Yes. You know, when you start feeling like it's work to date, You need to go look in the mirror and say, wait a minute, I am hurting myself instead of helping myself. I am not emanating the kind of energy I want to be emanating in order to find the right person for me. If I'm going out there going, oh my gosh, if I meet this person and this date goes wrong, I'm going to have to go meet someone else. I'm going to have to start all over again. I'm going to have to get one other of my friends to set me up. And, you know, they're all getting married and they're all starting to have kids and they don't have single friends anymore. And, you know, you can just start whipping yourself up into a frenzy. Very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah, that's difficult. That doesn't make it easy to date. No, but you can easily get out of it. How's that? Well, you start making your own social networking system. Mm -hmm. Start a hobby, creating events and making things happen. Set a calendar and decide, okay, I'm going to develop a group to do this particular activity. Take control of your social network. Yeah, right. You can start being the master of your own social circle. Right. Take the classes. Go to church. Go to a grocery store where you know it's not in the neighborhood where all the old folks live. So you might run into people that you could theoretically get to know. Um, All those things. That's right. There's lots of things that can be done. Right. You know, if you have a job that keeps you out of the social limelight, decide what your priorities are. You know, if you're 25, 26 years old and you work from midnight to 8 on the graveyard shift and you do that on weekends and everybody else is awake when you're asleep... You're going to be naturally meeting fewer people. Yes. I know nurses have a hard time. Oh, yeah. Their schedules are really, really crazy. Yeah, right. You know, they can work, you know, probably 12 hours in a row on a Friday night or something like that. And it can really, really wear on your social life. Right. Well, I met a nurse when I was dating at one point, And because his schedule was the opposite of mine, I chose not to date him. Next. Right. Yeah. You have to set your priorities and realize that if you're in a position or a profession that you're not going to be 
really where everybody else is, and certainly your hours are going to be off, you know, you're going to pay the price for that when you're dating. Right. So then you just have to take note of what's more important to you. And see, that's another thing young people don't have to deal with. School starts at the same time for everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you already have the same schedule. How interesting. Yeah, right. Exactly. So if you're a young person, what can you learn that can help you be more of a success dating at that age? In other words, you know, you don't have to wait till you're 35 years old to figure some of this good stuff out. Right. I think, you know, being uptight, worrying about what other people think, you know. Not taking yourself so seriously. Oh, yeah, right. It's going to be, you're the laughing stock of the entire world if you go up and talk to a girl and she laughs at you or won't go out with you or something. Right, the self-confidence. Right, because all your peers are going to see it. Right, building that up and trying to create that positive image of yourself is huge. Yeah, that's what really separates, well, I don't want to say the men from the boys, but it separates the advanced boys from the other boys. Right. The, you know, uh, when you're in high school. Exactly. Now, when you're in college and you're not making the rules, confidence is huge. Just like you said, you've got to just go for it. And if you're in a big university setting where everything gets drowned out, you know, you don't literally have a small, tight-knit group of peers watching your every move the way you would at, say, a small private college, it is kind of easier. There's a lot of parties. There's a more uh, elaborate social structure going on at a big college. And, you know, if you're 18 years old and you're a senior in high school and trying to figure out where to go to college, that's one thing to consider. Obviously, your studies are the most important thing. Where you go, that's going to maximize your ability to get a career later in the area you want and to the level you want is huge. But, you know, that social situation is something to take into consideration. Yeah, There's a fine balance because success on its own isn't strictly monetary. Well, of course. Because you have some people who are in their 50s who've done a great job financially in their success. Right. But ultimately are not happy because they have not settled the other part of their life, which is their social life. So there's a balance. Oh, yeah. You know, that's the other thing. When you get older and you are so engrossed in your career, you can say to yourself, I just don't have time to date. But it is sort of a cop-out. Right. The other thing is when you're older, you can really have had your heart broken a lot and kind of gotten jaded. Or you might have been married and divorced like we were talking about earlier. And you have these negative emotions to overcome. Yes. And that can be something that... A lot of kids don't have to deal with. Now, we know of kids who have very, very dark outlooks at a very early age. Right. They get baggage really early. Right. And that can be due to seeing how your parents related to each other or anything like that. But, you know, really, honestly, the percentage of people who have a very dark outlook on dating, I think, is a lot higher as you get older. Oh, yes, absolutely. At the age of about 30, 40, it really starts there. If you're dating when you're 35, 40, there's really only three things that could have happened. Okay, what's that? First of all, you're just enjoying this wildly successful dating life and you don't have time for thinking about marriage or anything. Right. Which I think is the minority of people in that situation. Or you could have never found someone and you're getting really lonely and bitter. Or you could have loved and lost either through death or divorce. Right. Which creates its own set of feelings. Yes. Which have to be overcome. Yes. So... If you're someone who's trying to date, the first thing that's going to come to mind is you're going to go, well, you know, I'm not sure I know how to do this again. But you do. It's a cop out. It's like riding a bike. It really is. You know, you're just going out and relating to people. But I know when I got divorced, the first time I went out with a woman after my divorce was final, I had to beat my head against the wall to get this thought out of my head that I'm cheating on my wife. 
I was used to being married. I was used to being with someone who I was in a committed relationship with. And I never thought I'd be dating ever again. So here all of a sudden I'm on a date with someone. It's really, really weird. Mm-hmm. Right? right? You were there. I was there. But you just had to get over it and realize, wait a minute, this is what's supposed to be going on. It's either that or sit at home by myself. Right. Which does nobody any good. Exactly. So in many ways, it's really a conscious decision to go out there and date when you're older. Yeah. The voices in your head can say, oh, you know, you're never going to succeed at this. But see, that's the 14-year-old coming back to haunt you. Right. Back being in high school or in middle school when you're afraid of the girls or afraid of the guys. And you do nothing about it. But see, now you're older and you know better. You've been there before. So, you know, if you're divorced or if you're a widow or a widower, you say to yourself, I've done this and I've been successful at this before. And then you read up, read the books on how to understand the opposite sex better. You know, you listen to podcasts like this, of course, Mm -hmm. get what you can from it. And you have so many more resources now, thanks to the Internet and the digital age than you did back when you were 18 and 20. Right. Assuming you're older than, say, 25 now. Right. Of course, the next step is actually applying it and using it in your daily life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what do you think? What are some other differences between dating when you're older and younger? I can think of one. I can think of one, too. What's yours? I don't know. Is it the same? Hormones. Oh, tell me about that. That wasn't mine. (laughs) Well, hormones are different when you're older versus when you're younger. Right. Women mature differently than men do. Mm -hmm. And so as we get older, sometimes a lot of us become more sexually charged. Oh, see, now you and I were going down the same path. You were just putting it a lot more euphemistically than I was going to. (laughs) I was going to say that people's sexual inhibitions tend to drop a little bit when they get older. For men, some men. Well, I think for some women. I mean, you know, what we call the anti-slut defense, the ASD. Right. When you're a 17-year-old girl, man, that ASD is just hovering near 100%. Yeah. You do not want to be considered a slut by all your female friends. Well, no, because your circle is so huge, it'd be hard to live it down. Oh, gosh, no way. But meanwhile, if you're a woman and you're 32 and you've already been divorced and you're feeling kind of horny... Right. You're more likely to let a guy know it and not worry about the consequences of an entire school knowing about it or something. Right. You've already saved yourself for marriage. Your virginity is already in the rearview mirror. Yes. So when you're older and you're dating, I certainly found that people are just a lot more openly horny. They feel a lot more freer. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah, I think that's a huge difference between dating when you're older and younger. Yeah, when you're younger, you're more intimidated, more afraid of the opposite sex. You're afraid of being rejected. Right. You're afraid of being labeled something you're not or don't want to be. Right. I think the other thing that happens is if you do engage in sexuality at a younger age, you're more likely to be irresponsible about it. Yeah. But you're less likely to have to worry about STDs when you're both in like 10th grade. Right. Less likely. Not unlikely, but less likely. Yes. Meanwhile, you know, once you get to be 35 years old and everybody's had a few sexual partners under their belt. Mm-hmm. Your no risks are pretty high. Oh, yeah. I mean, what is it? Something like 75% of all sexually active adults have some form of HPV or something? That's what I've heard. Actually, I've heard the number as high as 80%. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different strains and some of them are asymptomatic. But, you know, that's something to think about and something to consider that definitely makes it more complicated when you're dating when you're older. But then again, if a 16-year-old girl gets pregnant, that can be a lot more complicated than if a 34-year-old woman gets pregnant. 
Yes. Unless the 34-year-old woman is pregnant by the 15-year-old. Then that's complicated. <laughs> but we're not going to go there. Well, you know, sometimes, too, as you're older, you know, if you don't want kids, you've already remedied that situation. And someone that you right. meet well, true. may have already remedied that situation yeah. as well. Elaborate birth control. Women may have gotten their tubes tied. Right. Guys may have gotten a vasectomy. Which can be a positive thing, or it could pose a challenge depending on who he's going to meet. That's right, because if you're a guy and you got a vasectomy and you find yourself divorced again, you meet a woman who wants to have a kid, you're going to have to go get that bad boy reversed. Right. Yeah. The difference, too, between younger people and older ones is they've had more experience. Hopefully, they've learned over the years how to be better at it. Oh, yeah, that's true. So the sex can be better when you're dating when you're older. Yes. Wow, that's true, too. I think that's a really good benefit. Yeah, I think that is a really good benefit, too. And I think with that, we've come full circle. We've pretty much discussed just about everything there was going to be discussed here. We hope we've encouraged both young and old here. Obviously, if you're feeling some of the things we've talked about in this podcast, you're absolutely not alone. We've kind of opened the closet and let all the skeletons fall out here a little bit. But if you're younger, enjoy the positives that are going on if you're in high school or college. Enjoy the fact that you have so many people around you and learn everything you can about interacting socially with motos. Yes. If you're older, don't let yourself get intimidated. Go out there and date and absolutely try online dating because it's just like being in school again. And if you can get the hang of online dating and get it right. The world's your oyster. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just amazing. You know, Emily, we've got our new forum up. And it's been completely redesigned. I know. I love it. I like what you did with it. Yeah. No more blue background with tiny white letters. We actually have black letters on white background. We've added some new forum headings. And you can go join in that community and interact directly with other listeners to this show and other readers of our newsletter. And you can do that at www.deservewhatyouwant.com front slash forum. And that's where our message board is. That's front slash F-O-R-U-M. That's right. They'll have men and women on there so you can get each other's opinions. That's right. Talk to each other. Yeah. If you're not on our newsletter, drop everything and go do that right now. You can do that by going to www.deservewhatyouwant.com. That's all one word. And when you sign up for our newsletter, we will send you our eight-part mini course over the next few weeks entitled 16 Universally Accepted But Disastrous Dating Principles. Yes, and can you guess which 16 those are? That's a lot to have to guess. Yeah, well, just try to guess two or three of them and see if you're right. Well, thank goodness we've done all the guesswork for you. We just listed them out for you. You don't have to ever (laughs) fumble for them ever again. And plus, you'll get your hands on that unpublished episode of X and Y on the Fly that we talked about at the very beginning of this podcast. And we also have something brand new. When you sign up for our newsletter, we'll give you a chance to recommend this podcast and our newsletter to some of your friends, and we'll have yet another cool gift for you when you do that fire up you can't beat it that's right so we appreciate every one of you who listen if you're listening to us on itunes please take a minute and give us a review we always read every one of them and we appreciate every one of you who leaves us a review and uh also want to throw in a plug for the blog the blog is at www.edumacation.com E-D-U-M-C-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N. Once again, that's E-D-U-M-C-K-A-Y-T-I-O-N.com. And there you'll be able to get your hands on, well, I guess virtually get your hands on. You won't be grabbing at the monitor or anything, but... We hope not, right? We hope not. There you'll be able to get <laughs> My lots... My mind is gravitating somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to go there. After all that talk on sexuality, we're definitely not going to go there. Oh, yeah, we are. 
Oh, really? Just not on the podcast. Oh, yeah. After the podcast, we're going to really go there. <laughs> anyway. I, I see that look in your eye. I know what I know what's going through your mind when I see that. All right. So anyway, Emily's getting horny because we've been podcasting. So I think we've been. I am an older woman. Yeah. So I think we need to wrap this one up. Um, Edumacation.com. And there you're going to be able to get lots more free content. I uh, add lots of stuff to that, including uh, video blogs. That's right. I like your I like your blogs. Anyway, you've been listening to episode number 37 of the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Until we talk at you next time, be good. And have fun. Begin transmission. What's up? This is Shaquille O'Neal from the Phoenix Suns. Listen, before I got to know Scott and Emily, I was just too much for any woman to handle. It was just too much of me to love. But now that I got to know Scott and Emily, my dating life has turned completely around. Never mind the fact that I'm married. And I didn't even have to have any inflection to my voice to make it happen. Thanks, Scott and Emily. I'm even going to forgive you the one minor fact that you live in San Antonio, Texas. And I'll keep listening to the podcast. Peace. Copyright 2008 X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Visit Scott and Emily on the web and get the X and Y Communications newsletter at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. You can also join Emily's newsletter just for the ladies at www.keystobliss.com. Also, be sure to check out the brand new Dating Cast on iTunes or at www.x-net-media.com. This is Ed Roy Odom, and you've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast.